You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, we're back here on Real Presence Live. We are on location at the Cathedral here in Rapid City. And I am joined by Father Brian Christensen as my co-host. I am Karen Gibus, and we are going to have the most amazing last half hour of Real Presence Live today. Well, we've already we've already started with a great show. If you missed the first part of our show, uh, we had Laura Hawk, yes. the youth minister here at the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help in Rapid City. Then we were joined by Bishop Elect Michael Malloy, the For Bishop his, Elect of yeah. Duluth. So, and his first interview since the. I guess Bishop Elect title and breaking news with his motto. I know all, that was that so all exciting. may be one. So that's very exciting from uh, John chapter seventeen. So it was great. Great morning so far. It's a great morning. I'd say this is the best show of the week, but I guess I didn't really listen to the other shows. <laughs> so I suppose that's not truthful. And Father will see me in confession later. Oh yeah, so Eli just whispered in my ear. It's the best show I've heard all week. It's the best there. show now that we've I done today. I have. To, I don't have to go to confession for a falsehood. So, <laughs> well, uh, Karen, we have, as you said, an exciting lineup here. We have three moms of priests: um, Nancy Christensen, the mother of Father Brian Christensen. Um, that's my mom. She'll be calling in from Long Island, hi, New York. Yeah, <laughs> hi, mom. And then uh, we have uh, Mary Horn, is the mother of Hello. Father Mark Horn, uh, and also Linda Hofer. She's the mom of Father Adam Hofer. All of us are priests here of the Diocese of Rapid City. So. First, uh, I want to say hi to my mom. She's calling in the furthest away. So, Mom, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really good. We just had to change place because the people behind us started their uh, lawn mowers, but we're good. Oh, what, were, you, were you sitting outside to do the interview or what? No, it's such a beautiful day that we have all the windows open. <laughs> and so we just went into another room, and everything is fine. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Um, you're married to my dad. That's a good thing. Um, Ken Christensen. Um, tell us about your family a little bit. My family. Yes, I'm married to Ken Christensen. It'll be 56 years in a couple of weeks. July 11th. And our family has, uh, we have four children, Brian, then we have Eric, Carrie, and Kelly, who all have brought us great outlaws, Chris, Tim, and Lisa. We've been in Greenland since Ken and I met, and um, we have nine grandchildren. And other than Father Brian, all three of our families live within two miles of us with our nine grandchildren. So that's a pretty unusual thing. Um, other than that, uh, we've been very blessed not to be touched by the coronavirus, and we thank God for that every day. And um, other than that, we're pretty happy people. Good. Well, good to have you with us, Mom. That sounds great. I'm glad you got away from the lawnmower here. Um, Mary Horn, uh, you are originally, well, your family is in Burke. Is, am I correct about that? Correct, yes. Burke, South Dakota. But you're calling today from? Hill City. Um, you're visiting your son, who is the pastor of Hill City. Hill. Is that right, Father Mark Horn? Yes. All right. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, uh, five children. We ranch and farm there at Burke. Um, the oldest lives in Timberlake, and the daughter, Kristen. And the next one's Angie. She lives in the Denver area. And then there's the third one is Mark, uh, Craig, and he's out at um, Ottertown area, Castlewood. Then there's Father Mark here in Hill City. 
is our fourth. And our fifth one is Jordan, and she lives in Vermilion. All right. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to turn it over here to Linda Hofer, who joins us here in the studio. Uh, she's, uh, she's being supported by her husband, Lonnie, here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Linda. Linda, you're the mother of Father Adam Hofer, who is the associate um, over at uh, Blessed Sacrament, but also a uh, chaplain for the um, Army Guard here in South Dakota. That's right. Um, should I go through all our five children? Sure. Okay. So Father Adam, um, Father Brian mentioned. And we just don't want you to talk about your favorite children. <laughs> just all of them. <laughs> and we have uh, Michael, who just moved to the Azores on an island um, by Portugal. He's in the Air Force. He's in the Air Force. Our daughter, uh, Elizabeth, um, she just engaged, getting ready to get married in October. And she's a school teacher at St. Thomas More. Um, we have Jonathan and Brittany, and they work for University of Mary, and they brought us two beautiful grandchildren. And we have Marianne that is working for University of Mary also up in Bismarck. Wonderful. Well, welcome to Nancy, Mary, and Linda to our Real Presence Radio live here from the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm here with Karen Gibis as a co-host for today's show. Um, Nancy Christensen, Mom. Um, <coughs> Did you ever imagine that a, one of your children would become a priest or a religious sister? Well, um, did I ever think that? No. However, when it happened, it was not um, a shock by any means. Uh, your life, Brian, you kind of followed the route of uh, Boy Scouts, Altar Boy, Air Force. And all of those associations, you have to follow the leader. And what leader better than God that you mm. chose to follow? I know it wasn't an easy road for you. However, you are very, very happy. I can see that all the time. And I just uh, really and truly, I had um, a nun in the seventh grade, Sister St. Vincent, who had us pray three Hail Marys every day for vocations. And somehow or other, I continued that through my life and actually my rosary, morning rosary group, says those three Hail Marys. Oh. I never knew I was so since seventh grade. So since seventh grade. Since seventh grade. I wasn't thankful for that. So we weren't shocked. Either was your dad, but we were surprised you did it because you were twenty-seven. You had your life going. You were a B one bomber pilot. You were, had girlfriends, and all of this. Girlfriend. Sudden, girlfriend. Um, singular. Singular. Mom. Girlfriend. One at a time. Oh, okay, good. I was a serial monogamous dater. Um, when, when, you, when, you, when you found out, when I came home and talked to you and Dad and, uh, and Eric and the, and the girls about um, becoming a presenter into seminary, what, what was the conversation that you and Dad had uh, that night or during that week? Like, what is going on here? Or how did that go? Because I, I, I don't know. No, um, I don't know. I'm going to let your father is here. Is he allowed to answer? Well, I don't know. If you can get him on the headset, you can do that. Oh, all right. He's not there. All right. What I, I remember was being elated, really surprised. Um, as you know, you are a fifth generation of priests in my family on my mother's side. And Dad, not being a Catholic, however, never, ever questioned your vocation. Mm, so right. um, I think we just called and told everybody we were going to have a priest. Well, you know, I always love what Dad says when people ask him about my change of, of life and my change in vocation. He says, you know, my son used to bomb people to hell, and now he prays them to heaven. Huh? <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, 
Hey, Mary Horn, um, tell us a little bit about when Father uh, Mark announced to, to you and to your family that he was pursuing a call to the priesthood. What was, what, how did that, what was the occasion? When did he tell you? Well, he'd gone to Steubenville, high school kids, go to Steubenville, and it was the first time he ever went. And that's where he felt the call. And then when we got home, um, he just, someone talked to me one day, and he just put his hand up to his chest, and he goes, Mom, I feel something's changing, something's telling me, and I, he said, and I, God's telling me something, but I don't know if I want to listen. And he said, it's scaring me. I mean, he was going to be a senior in high school after mm-hmm. this happened. So um, we just prayed about it and talked about it, and then... And then, again, Father Brian, you were somewhat of a, um, a coach for him, a resource person. He was dating this girl. You were her pastor, parish priest, and um, she recommended that Mark come talk to you. And you kind of let him go to college, see what God, if God's still calling you. He started college, got two years done, and he felt the call get stronger. So then he went to stupid, um, uh, St. Mary's, Winona, Minnesota. And then from there, he was sent to Rome for a seminarian in life, and the call got stronger. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about how receptive it was with the family, the siblings, I mean, everyone was kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, I'm not thinking too much about it. I was totally supportive of it. Uh, just pray about it. You never know what God, where God's going to lead you. Just kind of put him in your life and trust. Uh, Dad was not too happy about it. He talked to Mark about it. He didn't want his son to be a priest. Mm-hmm. He wanted his son to get married and give him more grandchildren. That's This is the honest words he told right. Mark. But Mark and Dad have a good relationship, and Mark talked it through, and he said, I'd rather, you know, what I can do that, Dad, or I can do God's will, and I can have so many more children, you know, mm-hmm. bless, and pray for them and help so many more people. Um, yeah, a lot of people call yeah. him Father now. Yeah, Father Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, very good. No, thanks for sh- sharing that. Um, yeah, each pathway is unique. You know, as uh, my mom was saying, I was in the Air Force in 27 when I finally decided to go uh, to seminary. Uh, your son um, felt the call in high school but went off to college uh, um, at uh, SDSU for two years and then continued. God continued to work on his heart where he finally came in. And um, and Father Adam Hofer's uh, pathway is a little different as well. And so uh, Linda Hofer, m- mom of Father Adam Hofer, um, what was it like for you and for your husband and family as, as uh, Father Adam talked to you about the possibility that God may be calling him to be a priest? Um, I just remember it was he graduated from high school. Uh, Lonnie was deployed. Um, he said, I'm going to go discern. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I counted, put the dots together the priest did. He just says, and he had some good priest friends, too, that said, if you're going to discern, you should be in a seminary. It's harder to discern outside. So Adam went to um, the seminary and mm-hmm. not, I think, just listening to see if that was God's calling. And I think it was great advice for him that he was kind of conf- kind of confused and didn't really know. And and so um, his discernment started at, right out of high school. Yeah. Um, he didn't stay in seminary for straight through for eight years. Is that right? That's right. He huh. he went over. He went at two two years, and then he kind of discerned out. He just didn't have the, well, he'll say, just like the calling. So he went over to Greeley for three years. Mm-hmm. 
which kind of thought, oh, my gosh, you're leaving a seminary to go to a state school? <laughs> but he, he had reassured me everything was going to be okay. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and uh, I, I was kind of scared, and I think my prayer life increased a little more. Mm, mm-hmm. And he got involved as focus and kind of kept staying on the path also. Um, focus, uh, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, really has a great impact on vocations in our in our in our country uh, and even in our own diocese, many men and women can fa- trace that back. So Adam was influenced by focus at the Greeley campus there in Colorado. Yeah, he was. And that was beautiful. Matter of fact, when he moved to Greeley, he lived in the basement of a, a Lutheran. Uh, was it a, like, yeah, Lucas, Lutheran, Lutheran campus ministry, yeah, I think, yeah. or something like that. But so still, then I was really worried, like, oh, my gosh, he left, he left the seminary, he left the church. <laughs> And so I was kind of really concerned about that, but he reassured me that he liked it because um, Wednesdays or Thursdays he got a meal. Oh, he, nice. Yeah. Lutherans, Lutherans can cook too. Hey, um, when he decided to go back to seminary after graduating from college, again, what, what were your thoughts then at that point? God just works in mysterious ways. Like, I, I don't even know. And he kind of held it for a long time. Like, we weren't. We didn't really know he was going, and we were just kind of in, I don't know. He just said, I think I'm heading back to seminary, and I'm like, wow. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, During uh, the time that your sons, you know, Nancy, Mary, and uh, Linda, your sons were in the the seminary, um, is there anything that changed in your own life, uh, of your life of faith, relating to your son, um, understanding the church or growth in your understanding of the priesthood or I, I don't know I just was wondering like thinking about your son entering into this life being in this formation preparing for this life of priesthood which all three of you women are faithful you know um, Catholic women at church relationships with your own pastors and priests uh, so um, I'll go I'm going to go back to uh, to Mary Horn what how did that grow in you or what what changes happened during those years of your son Father Mark's formation <laughs> Oh, um, I, I suppose I could relate to the same thing Linda said. You know, you do get stronger in your faith because you're praying for him that he does God's will. And, you know, there are struggles that you go through in the seminary in life. And he'd tell us, if you keep praying for him, I was, I was full of joy, I think, for the most part. I was thrilled. I just, praise you, Lord, I just never dreamt or mm-hmm. considered I'd have a son be a priest. So... I don't know, Clark, um, I think it helped Clark maybe get stronger in his faith. He got a little more open to sharing what his son was doing, because it was really hard for him to tell. He's so proud of all his children. We talked about all of them, but he got to always leave Father Mark out of it. He, uh-huh. he wanted, at first, he was scared. To, I think he's scared of him, yeah. To mm-hmm. come out and just say, my son's going to be a priest. It's like, your sons just don't do that. But now he's very proud about it. There was a growth time there for maybe Clark and I as we shared and talked about how we wanted our children to do God's will, mm-hmm. not our will. And that probably helped a lot. Good. Yeah. Um, did Any fears along the way that you and Clark shared, you know, about, you know, about Mark? Yeah, about Mark's call. Well, you know, you pray for the truth because it's a huge, huge vocation and and. Just keep him strong. I pray he does God's will. I always thought he was doing it too because he grew. He was happy. 
he he changed and grew so much. Uh, matured in tears. I guess I can't say. Just pray that he does God's will and he helps a lot of people because that's all I can think about. But um, no, I can't say I was fearful that he was becoming a priest. No. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and spiritual services. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about our special offering when you sign a lease in June. 701-237-4700 or homeishere.org. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. I think what people appreciate about this Catholic radio is this. You, can, you don't have to listen to it for hours. It's not like uh, giving 45 minutes to an album or something. You could just get little snippets as you're driving from here to there. And that's the neat thing about the Catholic radio because, or even like as opposed to going to Mass where you're going to be there for a whole hour. Nothing wrong with that, obviously. We want people to do that. But the beauty of Catholic radio is that it's accessible 24-7 for 5 minutes, 30 seconds, 8 minutes as you drive from here to there to there. And I think that's what they appreciate. It's always there. Mm. And secondly, I guess what I'm hearing from people is that they appreciate that it's local, that this radio station is local. It's fun when you can hear the local stuff, even like this live drive. Right. So I think people appreciate that, and I'm always impressed by all the guests they have from all over the states, these three states, not just from one diocese. They get people from every diocese every week, it seems like, and that's just a great, I know it takes a lot of work, range a lot of stuff every day, every week, but that really keeps people, I think, attached to this radio station. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. 
Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. All right, welcome back uh, to Real Presence Live here from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota, the beautiful Black Hills. And we do have a gorgeous day here in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Um, I'm here with Karen Gibis. I'm Father Brian Christensen, pastor here at the Cathedral. And we're joined by three mothers of priests of the Diocese of Rapid City. Nancy Christensen, my mom, uh, Mary Horn, the mother of Father Mark Horn and Linda Hofer, the mother of Father Adam Hofer. And we were uh, just uh, got uh, a little quick transition there a few minutes ago, but we're back up and running and uh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for listening today um, to Real Presence Live. I was visiting with you, Mary, um, if there was any kind of fears that you and Clark might have had about uh, Mark entering into the priesthood um, in the current cultural climate and the challenges that the church faces and people of faith face. Um, was there anything that was on your mind or that came up during those years of his formation? Okay. I did answer that, but you want me to answer it again? Yeah. yeah. We were, okay. we were, we were kind of we in and out broadcasting. So. All right. Okay, sure. Okay. Actually... I can't say I really have any fears or have had any fears for Father Mark. Um, just pray for him. I put trust in God. He's a strong young man, and he's gotten mm-hmm. stronger in his faith, and he's so confident in what he's doing, and he's happy with what he's doing. But he's given me the reassurance, you know. I mean, there's trials, no doubt, and to be the leader is hard in parishes to bring people to Jesus. And... Mm-hmm. But he continually talks about it, and he's working out and praying about it. There's growth. He's matured. Things are happening, but it's slow. He's learned to have patience. Patience has very been hard for him, so he's doing very well with that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, all part of, it's all part of growing up, right? Amen, part of, amen. Part of the job. <laughs> um, Linda, um, kind of same question, you know, as, as you thought about, you know, Father Adam becoming a priest, your son becoming a priest, going through seminary, and he maybe perhaps even these early days of priesthood, um, the world is not all that open to the gospel message. So did that, any of that come across your mind or heart or prayer in those years? Well, I kind of want to step back just a little bit because four or five people after Adam became a priest whispered in my ear at church and said, you know, it's not your it's not you got him there. It's your mother. She said, they said... You're talking about your mom. My mother. Father they Adam's said, grandma. They said, your mother has been in chapel constantly, and there, she's always praying for vocations to the priesthood. And, mm-hmm. and I totally believe that now, that as, as I get older, it's, it's all the grace of God. It's, mm-hmm. um, going back to seminary, we dropped Adam off for the first time. My mom was with us, and we went over for parents' weekend. It was beautiful. It was quiet. Remember, we're from a family of five children, and it was always busy and noisy and loud. And And when I got over there, everything was just peaceful and serene. And I went to the rector, and I said, you know, I'm not really about women priests, but I, I kind of want to look into it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave because it was the first time where I really felt peace and I just thought, man, this is just a beautiful place. So every time we went over back to see Adam, um, 
It was just a great, like a little mini retreat for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful that you had a great positive experience of his life in seminary, so much so that you wanted to stay. <laughs> yeah. Looking yeah. for a room in the dormitory. Yeah. There. The rector gave me a really unpleasant look at me like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the, the path that um, we've watched Adam go on is uh, amazing. It's. Um, it's just amazing, and I think, and like, you know, about the priesthood is great, but the priest that he hangs out with, that we get to know, that it's just been a joy. And nice, you know. um, mom from Long Island, New York, and this is Father Brian Christensen on the Pastor of the Cathedral, broadcasting here live today with my co-host Karen Gibis, and uh, talking to uh, my mom Nancy Christensen uh, from Long Island, New York. Mom, as I was going through seminary and stuff, any, and just thinking again about the cultural context that we live in and, and the state of, of, of the world and the challenges that we face, um, any kind of concerns or anxieties about your son entering into the priesthood and facing those challenges today? Well, I, as far as you are going into the priesthood, um, as I said, it didn't shock me. And having been raised myself from three years old, uh, having an archbishop and monsignor and priest come to my house who I was related to, I always knew that priests were very human. Mm-hmm. And um, You that know was, that mostly about your son, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> How human he is. Uh, I know when you're out there, you're treated with respect, and when you come here, you're treated like the brother. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> as far as your trust, I felt... Um, because of the life you had and all the experience you had, then when you finally came to accept the call that I know you had were fighting against, because you always wanted to be a father, and as you said many times, you were a father of many, many, many more. And I, I just never really questioned your decision, mm-hmm. and we just went with it. And as far as the change in our life for myself, my trip to your... Um, uh, priesthood and seminary was the time I went over to uh, Rome. You were in your second year, and I was going over with all the spiritual growth I wanted to do and was going to walk in Lent with you and the other seminarians to different churches every morning for five Right, the station churches during Lent. Yeah, beautiful devotion. Really very moving for me. However, three of my girlfriends decided to come, and they had no intentions of getting anything spiritual out of this. so <laughs> They wanted pasta, pizza, and pane. That's what they wanted. My gosh. We had, uh, after my morning and my time with you, then it was just a wonderful trip to Rome with many stories, and I'm not going to go into them. But as I've watched you grow in your uh, vocations, and I see what you do out there and what you did in Rome, is nothing but um, happiness and um, proud of you. And my faith has grown. I'm involved in more things than I was. And I think that's all due to you. And unlike the other women, I didn't have you close by. Uh This was, you left home at 18 and hit Colorado and said you'd never come back and you were good to your word. But however, (laughs) we've never felt you were far away. We have a great connection with the family. No, um, during this COVID uh, time, you and I have spent more time together than ever, right? Even though there's social distancing, there's like a half a continent between us, you and I were together every morning, is that right? That is right, and our parish did, um, you know, streamed masses 
but they did it. It was at 8 a.m., but you didn't know when, because it wasn't professionally done. You didn't know when it would show up. Uh-huh. So anyway, I wouldn't have gone with Father Peter, but I had spent every day with you. And, yeah, so uh, it came on. We had the 7 a.m. Mass here from the cathedral that we live stream on Facebook, and you were there every morning, which is 9 o'clock New York time uh, for, for those Masses. Is that right? Yes, it was, and it gave me a lot of pleasure because I could do critiquing on you that I never Yes, and then <laughs> around 9.35, I would get a text message about the sound quality or the homily or, right? Sanitary. Absolutely. Or how, I should, or how we should wash our hands with the hand sanitizer at Mass. <laughs> Absolutely. My privilege. I just want to know if you watch um, Eric and Carrie at work as much as you watch me at work. <laughs> Uh, I did have an opportunity. Carrie Kelly, who's a teacher, English teacher, was doing it online, and she had to come over here. Oh, and okay. I didn't close my mouth for her whole class. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a challenge for a lot of people. I was going to say something else, but okay. Um, no, that's really good. Um, Mary, um, as a mother of a priest, do you feel like people treat you differently in the parish? Like, oh, you're the mother of the priest. Maybe so sometimes. Um, they just think y'all. You, you you hear things from them like, "Oh, you're such a blessed lady. You must be a holy lady," or "You must have prayed a lot in your family." That's true, right? That's true. Well, not any different than anybody else. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a gift. It, God has blessed our son with this gift and vocation, and everyone has their vocations that they're blessed with, and. Tell me this, Mary. When you're, you know, now that now that Father Mark is a priest and a pastor down there in Hill City and at Keystone, he also works for our diocesan tribunal because he went back to school and became a canon lawyer. Um, when you're at mass with him or you see him around parishioners, what's your experience of seeing your son standing in the place of Jesus Christ at the altar, um, offering the body and blood of the Lord to, to you and to this community? It's, it's emotional. It's just really, especially the first time. Wow. But um, I'm from a big family, and a lot of them were there when he was ordained, and he had his mass, his mass. And, and to hear from them, um, it's humbling and emotional. I can get, my voice probably shows it already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very prayerful. And how he said, you know, I, I call down heaven when mm-hmm. he does the Eucharist, and it, it, it's emotional for him even. I mean, guys, got to be promo- I think any priest for every Mass is just like the first Mass. It's got to be mm. so emotional. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. I always think so, about uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? Um, after yeah. Jesus' um, death and resurrection, she sees him during those 40, years, the 40 days uh, up into the Ascension, and then she's there with the apostles in the upper room when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. You have the beginning of Pentecost. Um, and I imagine her at Mass, right? Yeah. Mary yeah. at Mass, say, like, with, when she spends time with the Apostle John in Ephesus, she's going to Mass. Yeah. And here's, here's, the, here's her son's friends, now the apostles, um, celebrating Mass and offering to her... The body and blood that was conceived in her own womb. I, it just, it's just a, a mind-boggling meditation of that mystery. So, no, that's beautiful. Um, but Linda, you're a, you get to go to Masses with Father Adam periodically um, and other things where you see him in pastoral settings with people. What, what's that experience as mom of this kid, you know, who was in time out 
um, in fifth grade, <laughs> and maybe later, I don't know. And now here he is, preaching, teaching, and then offering the mysteries of our faith. It's just, it's just humbling and, and overwhelming, and especially as we see him grow over at Blessed Sacrament and creating relationships with their, you know, people that he's with, and and I, with Lonnie and I, just sit back and we stand there and watch and. How beautiful it is to see him growing and maturing, and um, and his brotherhood friendship he has with his priests. Mm-hmm. It's it's very important that he has that, and especially when you see him when you see him when he was laying down on the floor, and his family now is looks different. Mm-hmm. And, right, yeah. and it's beautiful though. It's really beautiful, and I like how he connects with his priest friends and um yeah he need he needs that and yeah it's it's just it's a joy it's no that's great mom uh I, you get to see me when i come home celebrate mass at saint francis there in greenlawn new york or or at our dining room table um we get to have mass there when i'm uh when i'm back there uh in new york on vacation with you and dad and the family or sometimes you and Dad come out here once or twice a year and get to see see me in my uh, native country uh, here in South Dakota. Uh, what's your, what what's your kind of experience of participating in the mass or seeing me among the parishioners um, day in and day out? I uh, it really is um, an awesome experience. Um, I it, I just have so much pride in you and the response from the parishioners. When you are in town, there's more people at your masses. They all want to know. Because Greenlawn, St. Francis, is, is just so happy to have a priest, a homegrown priest, although you're not here. Mm-hmm. And they even did articles in the paper. And as the group of the mothers said, it's a humbling thing. But to me, to sit and to have you have me receive communion from your hands is just awesome. And when I'm lector on the altar... With you as the celebrant, my heart is just is just swells. It just mm. is um, such a unique, unique privilege, and um, it just is really I don't know. It's hard to put it into words. It's just one of those things that to see you, and besides to see you so extremely happy all the time is wonderful. And about ninety nine point eight of your homilies, you end with your hand pointing to the Eucharist. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, I, there's there's obviously a need for for priests in the in in the church today. Um, we want good, holy, happy, joyful priests to to celebrate the mysteries, to 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 help us to evangelize, to to support the the lay faithful as we as we build the kingdom of, of God. Um, and here, your faith and the faith of, of your families, the strength of your marriages. Um, have all um, contributed to the life uh, of your son as being, um, as we often say, the family is the um, incubator of vocations, right? The seedbed of vocations begin in, in the family. And I think all of us would point to us if I asked Father Adam or, or Father uh, Mark, and for myself specifically, we'd say, yeah, no, my family was a family of faith where we came to know God and we were encouraged in the life of faith. Um, what, what advice... What advice um, would you give to other um, families, other moms, um, 
about um, about helping the church and helping our children know what God desires for them in their life that we might have good happy holy joy-filled priests uh, in the in the years to come uh, I'll turn I'll let uh, Linda start off I uh, I'll put you on the spot here this morning what uh, so Linda what did you and Lonnie do to get a priest out of your family how did how did that happen <laughs> yeah and we're just from a very ordinary family but I think I we were more even maybe through the Catholic schools that it was an option it was an option you know always pray and you know ask god what i'm supposed to be but one of the options is the vocation to the priesthood and and i just think that was kind of just brought in i think maybe through my mother too that you know she would always ask the kids um why don't you be a priest and they would just laugh and <laughs> and i'd say mom mom they're not i don't think that's the way they're going but <laughs> but I think parents, we got, like, I just heard, like, when Adam graduated and he was 18 and um, some some of my friends even came up and said, ooh, that's a little young. Um, you know, you should grow up a little bit and get some experience with life. And then it kind of, I was thinking, oh, and then I got kind of iffy about it. And But then after just hearing, too, uh, Fa- Father Mark had a homily the other day saying, your joy and happiness will come from our Lord. So don't be fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they go to the seminary, discern. And then I thought, oh my gosh, Adam's not going to be a priest. And someone reassured me and said, his formation there will make him be a good father. So it's a win-win for the church. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. And because I thought, and I think it's pressure too on the priest, on the seminarians, because they're like, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to be. And this mm-hmm. is, but it's a win-win. It's a win-win for our Lord because their formation is just getting a great relationship with Christ. Right, right. You, your son is a great priest and it's been wonderful. I've known him for 21 years now. Um, uh, he was an altar server for me. He was in high school when I taught classes at St. Thomas More. It's just been a joy. And now I would say that he's a, a great brother not you know not a student of mine but he's a brother of mine in the priesthood and uh, and he inspires me very very much uh, as a brother priest uh, today in our diocese mary horn um what what do you say what do you say to people like to encourage them uh, to foster vocations within their own family life what 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 advice would you give to families to to help their children and help the church as well um I think some of the moms I've talked to, too, I said, you know, being a priest is no different. It's a vocation. It, it, they're normal men. They're normal people. I think some people look up, up at them in a different light. Sometimes they think that they're holier than anybody else, and you've got to behave more when you're with them. You can just be natural with them. And, um, again, like Linda said, I think... My mom and dad prayed that one of us would be a priest out of 18 kids, and none of us was a priest. Mm. None of us was a nun. So prayer life is important. Prayer that you be what God has made you to be, right. you know, and, be and be okay with it. And um, It's hard to give advice to other people. They just uh-huh. have to... Sure, you know, that's very interesting. It's very interesting what you bring up. Oftentimes we'll ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think the proper question probably is, what do you think God wants you to be when you grow up? How would I know? 
You know mm-hmm. how you do mm-hmm. know because you pray and you listen to God. That's right. and we teach our. I remember uh, Pope uh, Benedict the Sixteenth when he was visiting the United States back in two thousand seven. He was visiting with the bishops of the United States, and he's and they asked him a question about the vocations crisis uh, in the United States, and he said, "Listen," he said, two things. One, do what Jesus asked us to do. One is." Pray the Lord of the harvest for more laborers in his harvest. So pray to God that he would send more. But he also said, but we also need to teach our children to pray. And he said this beautiful phrase. He said, um, if we teach our children to hear the voice of God, I have confidence. This is the Pope speaking. I have confidence that they will know what to do when they hear his voice. I am confident that they will know what to do when they hear his voice. So helping our young people to hear the voice of God, I think, is, is absolutely critical for their happiness, for their holiness, for the life of their, their – to know their vocation and live that out. Whether that's in the sacrament of marriage, in consecrated life, or in the priesthood, um, it's going to be – It's a, like Linda was saying, win-win for Christ, win-win for the church, win-win for the individual. Hey, Mom! Yeah, you got you're 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 you you're not short of advice. Um, how what would you say to people about um, helping them? Uh, you know, in their families, and how did how did you and Dad get a priest out of out of that? You know, four kids. Well, you probably shouldn't have asked me that because I'm going to the priest and ask him what he thinks we did. <laughs> Wait, I'm doing the interview here. You don't get to ask the questions. I do the questioning. <laughs> I'm, no. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, we always um, tried to put as much religion into everybody's life. There was always decorations in the house of holy pictures and that. We lived around the block from church, and I didn't know as you got older whether it was corral you all and get ready and go to one mass. So when you got older, I decided with your dad that it might be a good idea to foster your life by having you pick the mass and going. So it was your decision, not mine. Now, I don't know whether everybody went to mass or what they did for that. Hey, we got a bulletin. We got a bulletin, and we showed it to you. (laughs) But I'm not really sure. They said the background of the family, which you knew, what your heritage was, and the Monsignor and things like that, that I think that also fosters it. My mother was a... For the short time you knew my mother, she was always a big force in our life. Mm -hmm, And mm I think that um, it comes down to in your heart and your prayer life and what you witnessed. And uh, we had a happy, healthy... Um, amen, amen. I want to thank mom. Thanks for joining us. Uh, say hi to dad for me and the rest of the crew there. Um, thanks to uh, Lonnie and Linda Hofer uh, for joining us, and uh, for Clark and Mary Horn. All these moms of priests that shared their beautiful faith and their um, their joy in having sons as priests here in the diocese of Rapid City. Thanks for joining us on Real Presence Live uh, today. Yeah. Thank now- you. Eli, do you want to do us a preview for the next show, which would be Monday? I sure can. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it was a an action packed show today. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. It the best one be, I've heard all week. It turned out to be a great show. So, but we've got another good one coming up to, on Monday morning, nine to eleven a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Father Tim Buren and Matt Welcome. They'll be coming to you from St. Charles Church in St. Charles, Minnesota. They'll visit with Dr. Susan Windley Doust about the difficult grace of the present moment. 
then Father Matthew Fogren of the Diocese of Rapid City, about keeping our parishes spiritually healthy and connected. And Monica Herman from the Catholic Foundation of Southern Minnesota will tell us why giving is more important now than ever before. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. It's going to be Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. All right. Well, thank you, Father, for joining us today and taking time out of your busy ministry here at the cathedral. Yeah, no, it's been a great joy, and um, I think uh, we, we made it through. We did, and you'll be back again in another month, I think, two months, something like that. You guys that. are going to have to let me know, but I, I look forward to it. This was a great time uh, with Laura Hawk, with uh, Bishop-elect uh, Michael Malloy, um, and also with these beautiful ladies, uh, mothers of priests. Yeah, do you want to end us with prayer? Sure, that would be great. Uh, you know, again, tomorrow is uh, our patronal feast day here at the cathedral, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, so her feast day on 27th of June. So let's turn once again to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Loving God and Father, we thank you for the example of Mary, your chosen handmaid, the mother of God, the mother of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we be... Um, faithful sons and daughters of you and our mother Mary that we may grow closer to your son Jesus Christ and his most sacred heart we ask the intercession of our lady of perpetual help our guardian angels and patron saints and may almighty God bless us the father and the son and the holy spirit amen thank you everyone for tuning in to real presence live This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.